blue sky. <laughs> the Holy Gospel for this day is from Matthew, chapter 22, beginning at verse 15. After Jesus begins teaching in the temple, religious leaders try to trap him with questions. First, they ask if God's people should pay taxes to an earthly tyrant like Caesar. When the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said, so they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth, and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us, then, what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose head is this and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. And he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. Holy wisdom, holy word, thanks be to God. Please be seated. <clears throat> Grace to all of you and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Lord, and from our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Most holy and blessed God, you speak to us this day of politics, of church and state, of rendering to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, to God the things that are God's. Help us, Almighty God, understand our responsibility in the world and our responsibility to you and how they often come together. In your holy and most blessed name we pray. Amen. Well, indeed, today we have the Pharisees and some of their followers and what's called the Herodians coming to Jesus and trying to trap him, trying to trick him into saying something that would be subversive and get him in trouble. So they ask him a number of questions, including this question. So, Jesus, is it lawful for us to pay taxes to an empire that is oppressing our people? And Jesus, I'm sure, paused, thought about it, smiled because he knew they were trying to trick him, and said, do you have a coin? They gave him a coin, a denarius. And on that coin, there was an image. And Jesus said, whose image is this? And they said, well, it's the emperor's. It's the Caesar. In today's text, it says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God the things that belong to God. I sort of like the old way of saying it. Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. Today, we would say, give to the government what it's due, and give to the church what it's due. Now, when we read a passage like this about government and church, the holy, we tend to view a passage like this through what I call our American lens. Our American lens, which basically was created by Thomas Jefferson, the founding fathers and the Constitution, is a lens of separation of church and state. We live in a society where church and state are properly separated one from another. There's a wall of separation, in fact. 
On one side of the wall is the world of government, the world of politics, the secular world. And over the centuries, it's almost come a place where there's not much of the holy. Amen on that one? Not much of the divine on this side of the wall. On the other side of the wall is the wall, the, the side of the church, the holy, the religious. On this side of the wall, we relegate our life in the spirit. As almost the two are completely separated and segregated. Well, if Martin Luther were to read the passage, he would read the gospel today with a lens much different from our American lens. Martin Luther's lens would look at both the world of politics and government and the world of the church and the holy as both being instituted by God and God fully involved in each. Each realm has different responsibilities, of course, but God is present in both. Martin Luther's lens through which he would read today's gospel lesson is called his two kingdoms theory. Now, you've all heard of Martin Luther. This is 500 years since Martin Luther posted 95 theses, 95 statements on the chapel door in Wittenberg, inaugurating the Protestant Reformation. He taught many other things besides the challenge of those 95 theses. One of the things he taught was a theory of politics, a theory of government, a theory of church relating to government. He called it his two kingdoms theory. Somewhat similar to the two sides of that wall. He said one kingdom, which he called the left-hand kingdom of God, the left-hand kingdom of this world, is the kingdom of politics, of government, of authority, of armies, of police. In this left-hand kingdom, and it's a kingdom of God, there were two important things that were to be done by government. One, restrain evil. There is evil in this world. Luther took it very seriously. Evil is to be restrained. And two, the vulnerable are to be cared for. Care for the wounded in your midst. It is a civic responsibility. It is a responsibility of this left-hand kingdom to restrain evil, to put the criminal away from the populace, and to help those who may have no clothing or no food or no shelter. It is a godly task to do those things. On the other side, he called the right-hand kingdom. It is the kingdom of the holy. Sometimes the church is the kingdom of the holy. Sometimes it's not. But it is the realm of life where forgiveness reigns, where there is compassion and kindness. In the right-hand kingdom of God, there is no need for coercion. In the left-hand kingdom of God, sometimes coercion is necessary. In the right-hand kingdom of God, there is a desire to change people's hearts, to invite repentance. In the left-hand kingdom of God, the criminal must be placed in prison. At the same time, in the right-hand kingdom of God, there is a desire to love that criminal into change and repentance, a change of heart. So you can see in some ways we are to live in both kingdoms. Parents certainly know this very well. Those of you who are parents or have been parents in the past, you live in the left-hand kingdom when you provide structure and authority for your children. When you discipline, and when sometimes maybe coercion is needed. 
You're living in the left-hand kingdom. And it's a kingdom that God institutes and provides. God is as much part of that kingdom as God is part of the right-hand kingdom. And you parents live in that kingdom as well. Because in this right-hand kingdom of God, you love without conditions. You forgive readily. You nurture the deep part of the soul, giving a place of confidence. You see, we live in both of these realms almost all the time. We read a passage like today, we view it through our American lens, and sometimes we think that we live only in one kingdom and not the left-hand kingdom, especially today, especially as we hear the news day after day coming appallingly forth through the airwaves. And we want to retreat. If Jesus were to be confronted today on the same subject of church and politics, I would imagine it would go something like this. He's at a press conference, and he has a bunch of reporters out raising their hands, wanting to ask him questions. And so Jesus calls on one of these reporters, and this is the question. The reporter stands up and asks, Mr. Jesus, political life in America today has not only become polarized and dysfunctional, it is filled with name-calling, scapegoating, greed, and witch hunts. Would you send a good Christian disciple into such a world? Jesus would pause and smile like he did with the Pharisees and the Herodians. And then he would say something fairly cryptic, like, good government needs good people. And we go, okay, what does all that mean? Luther, who is much more verbose, would make reference to his two-kingdom theory, to the same question. Luther would say something like this. The left-hand kingdom of laws and power and authority and coercion and armies and police and judicial systems all need people with a sense for God's right-hand kingdom, the kingdom of kindness and compassion and forgiveness and love. I think there's a message for us here today coming through the centuries to our dysfunction in our public life. And I think it goes something like this. Jesus would say to you and me, I know you're frustrated. I know you're appalled. And I know you're discouraged and wondering which direction society is going. But I want you to remember something. I want you to remember this, Jesus says to you. If I could catch everybody's eye, I would point, I would look at everyone and say this. You, my child, are loved and forgiven. You are someone touched by the very breath of God. The right-hand kingdom resides in you. The kingdom of kindness and compassion and gentleness and integrity and honesty. That small spark of the divine, that holiness of the right-hand kingdom must be brought also to the left-hand kingdom. You are responsible to live in both areas. So step into the world of the public realm 
and bring a little influence of the right-hand kingdom so that when the left-hand kingdom needs to restrain evil, that that is done without hatred or bigotry or anger. That when the left-hand kingdom is called upon to care for the wounded and the vulnerable, that the left-hand kingdom would do so with generosity and eagerness and compassion. Such, I think, is how Luther and I think how we should look at this conversation about politics and church. Amen. Let us pray. Holy, gracious, and loving God, we thank you for your challenge here today and your comfort. You challenge us, Almighty God, not to cocoon, not to pull away, not to become disengaged and live only in the right-hand kingdom, but to embrace our responsibilities in your holy instituted left-hand kingdom. You have given us authority and power, structures and institutions to do two things, to restrain the evil, to promote the good, and to lift up those who are vulnerable. Help us to live out in both kingdoms, our lives. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.